And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbens, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com. And listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks made out of bamboo. And this week, I would, I'm going to announce the guest right now. Instead of forgetting, because it, it, he's an all-timer, um, going to be easily one of my favorite guests we ever have on the show because we could talk to him for hours and hours about what he's been through. Um, a legend at North Dakota, he's the weight, he's the strength coach, he's the athletic trainer. His name is Mark Pullman. He has three sons who his Are- youngest is going to play D one, so all three of them will eventually play D one, and Tucker's. Played in the NHL and, and Colton's right there. So um, just an unbelievable guy to have on. You guys will enjoy his his interview later. He's not with us right now, but he will be after the fun stuff. But he just gave some just great insight into, you know, the changes made in sports science um, since he's been at UND, which was, you know, a long time ago. I mean, he's been there for a long time. And he's seen a lot of things. So you guys will really enjoy this one. But uh Let's get into our weekend recap here, brought to you by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. Just, you know, original stuff, t-shirts, head covers, stickers for the man cave, flags, polos. They've got it all. Good Minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there. Go and check out Beauty Status um, on all socials. Their website is www.beautystatushky.com. Ols, what did you get up to on the weekend here? Yeah, actually, uh, extremely laid-back weekend. Um, Shelby's sister um, came up with the their child, um, so we looked looked after um, <clears throat> her nephew while they went to a wedding up here. So it was Shelby's parents. Shelby and myself, we needed all four people to handle that baby. <laughs> it's uh, a couple months old, so um, all hands on deck all, in that situation. All hands on deck. It, it went great. You honestly, got a little preview of the future. Yes, you know, I haven't held a baby in a long time. Yeah. It felt right. Yeah. I'm not saying you know that we're looking to kick one in, you know, yeah, right yeah. now, but it could be in the future for sure. But uh, that took a lot of uh, effort. I'm not going to lie to you. That took up all of Saturday. Um, and then Sunday I just, um, vegged out, watched some, watched some football. So, so they left back. Sunday then they left Sunday. Yeah, actually, uh, you probably enjoyed Sunday. Like, Oh, I'm going to enjoy this moment. Well, actually, so dude, have you got, when was the last time you guys held a baby actually like held it for a long time? It wasn't, I guess it wasn't too long ago. Perp just had a kid yeah. about a year ago. It was probably around then. I mean, he wasn't how, too young. How, how long did you did, did you hold him for? Long time or like a... No, it was it was maybe for, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it was a full 60 seconds before I had to hand him back to Perp and oh, say, okay. hey, this is your problem now. I, I'm, I'm holding this baby 
for 20, 25 minutes bouncing this baby up and down. Babies aren't light. No. My shoulders were hurting, man. Dude, I woke up Sunday and I was sore. I was bouncing this baby and I could feel the sweat dripping down my back. I'm like, holy fuck, Ulce, you are out of shape. <laughs> I'm literally bouncing this goddamn baby. Cutest cutest little guy ever. Leon. Leon, named after Leon Dreisaitl. Sick name. Sick name. Oh, Leon? Leon, yeah. What a name. You could call him Leo if he's a good actor. Yeah. I mean, Leon is a sick name yeah. in itself. Yeah. Leon's going places. Exactly. Leon the Lion, so... He was uh, obviously great to have around, but it was it was a it was a hard weekend, but a good one. Yeah, this is good practice. I mean, practice makes perfect. You know, I I don't think you know. I think if I have you know, I get engaged and I'm thinking about marriage, I might try to you know try to pick up some babies just for practice. You know, because I should. don't know what I'm doing. You should. It's, and w- without practice with anything in life, you need practice to get a little better at it. It so. caught me off guard. Usually, you know, I'm pretty good in those situations. I was put under pressure. I hadn't held a baby in a very long time, so it was it was learning, but it was good. Yeah. Mace, what did you get up to on the weekend? So for my weekend, I actually went down to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, you did. Oh, my God. That looked like an unbelievable time. Dude, I mean, I'm a Gopher fan, not for hockey, but for football and basketball, and God damn. I mean, first quarter... First half, even we looked like dogs. Yeah, like we it was looked horrible. terrible. Yeah, we threw in our backup. I don't know what PJ said to our defense, but it was just lights out. Second half, it was it fun was to a watch, completely actually. different yeah. team. Like I was very happy to go down that weekend. The Lincoln Bars, shit ton of fun. I had an absolute time there. My sister goes there, so I got to spend time with her. And love that. Honestly, it was. One of the best weekends I've had in a while. Love that. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I've never heard anything bad about the University of Nebraska. I've only no. heard raving reviews. Yeah. Like, that place is all time. The, the Cornhuskers, they're right in the middle of cornfields. Who the fuck cares? It's a hell of a time. <laughs> and being Gopher fans, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some pushback. But yeah. They're just there to have a good time. Like, oh, that's We're awesome. in the bar, and nobody could give a shit if you were wearing a Gopher sweatshirt. Like, oh, it was just awesome. a great time. Love good people. I like that. Yeah, I I, uh, I ended up going out to Boston to visit my girlfriend and watched her play two games. They won both. Huge. Huge dubs. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> spent some time in Boston, which was cool. So she played Saturday, like 20 minutes outside of Boston um, at 5 o'clock. So she goes to the rink in, you know, where we're at in Manchester. She goes there at like 1230. So I've got till, you know, 1230 until whatever after the game is over by myself. So I, I drove down to Boston and checked it out. I went to Sam Adams' grave, the big graveyard in the middle of Boston, you know, where, like, Ben Frank is buried and ever yeah. uh, all the big boys, John oh, yeah. Revere. Yeah. Or Paul Revere, yeah. sorry. Uh, ever heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ever heard of him? The British are coming. He's riding a horse. Um, and then, uh, you know, the first guy who signed the constitution or, uh, you know, Herbie Hancock, uh, is, is Tommy boy likes to call it. His name's John, but I refer to him as Herbie. Um, no, it was, it was cool. It, it was great. You know, I had been to Boston two times. Also, we had, uh, we'd played Boston in the frozen four yep. there at the garden. And then, um, we had played Boston. Were you there when we played BU, um, in BU no. or was that my friend? That might've been my freshman year. Yeah. Um, didn't get too much time walking around Boston, I guess, during those moments. So this time, I, I I really took all, did all the touristy things, and and there's a lot of history in that town. It is really cool to 
to see, you know, what went on there and you're, you're reading all the stuff of, you know, what went down and it's cool. You you feel like you're in history a little bit. Have you ever been to Fenway? You've never been to Fenway? Yeah. Yeah. So when we, uh, well, we we went there. Yeah. 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 I've never been there for a game, but we went there and had dinner there or whatever. That Fenway strip outside the the park with all the bars. Oh yeah. I mean, there's just so many cool places in Boston, but I did want to shout out, you know, I, I don't know what's going on over there. I think it's a lot of Irish people, but, um, so I'm I, I'm six foot two. Um, it, it's fairly tall, but I rarely ever feel like tall walking around Minnesota or anywhere in the Midwest. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I'm you know not short, but I don't feel tall. When I was walking around Boston, I felt tall. It was weird. I was like, <laughs> really? I'm I'm tall. Like everyone was shorter there. It was it was a little different. Yeah. Um, not as many good looking people. I didn't think. <laughs> Guys and girls involved. I mean, I was, I was looking around. I was like, what, you know, where are all these, you know, smokes walking around, these influencers, whatever. I just, I really couldn't find any. I don't know what's going on there, but there's a lot of different ethnicities there and, and people. I just, there wasn't that many good looking people, like people you'd notice. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm one of them. It's just like, you know, you walk around Minneapolis, you see some good looking guys good looking girls i was like that's an interesting take it was weird it, yeah. was, it was a little different so that's what i noticed but it was, it was a really cool city and and then um after the games we actually went down to boston again because my girlfriend wanted to take pictures with me um fuck <laughs> uh yeah so we took some pictures she posted a picture on her instagram of me kissing her which was like yeah i didn't know what to say i, I, was like, I uh, seen it i seen it my friends aren't going to like that one. <laughs> it's not that like, you know, we're just alpha males, like douchebag guys, but th- th- that's just something you don't really do as a guy is to, to post a picture, a kissing picture. I'm all about it. I'm a huge softie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to hear it in the group chat. If yeah. you post oh, that yeah. shit, you're going to hear It's an automatic. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, getting a pair of sweatpants, which I think are pretty cool, but they're really out there. They're kind of like baggy cargo pants. Yeah. And, Ended up getting them just to impress my girlfriend. So, uh, she, I yeah. saw you guys went shopping yeah. too a little bit. I like that. Well, yeah, I, I went shopping a little bit. You know, it, it was hot. It was like seventy eight. So we went down there in jeans and like a jacket, and I was walking around. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking die. Like I'm sweating. <laughs> like we're walking around so much. So we hopped in H and M. I'm like, I gotta go to H and M. I know they have like five dollar t shirts yeah. that I could buy. So I just got a five dollar t shirt. and threw that on and it ended up being okay but cool city good weekend um it's fun to visit i don't know if i'll ever want to live there yeah it is right great food obviously but the the people are different right it's not like you know i think over in the east coast it's like if you say thank you to someone they're like fucking chirping me like (laughs) why you saying thank you well or if like or if like oh i'll like walk in front of someone and I'm like, oh, sorry, excuse me. They're like, fuck, you saying sorry for it? Like, yeah, it's a little different. It is. I went to Chicago, and uh, Shelby's sister lives right on the river there, and you can ride boats and whatever. And we were banging music, and I was, you know, like Minnesota lake life. You a boat pass, you wave at them, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And, of course. And we're on the river, and I'm waving at these people, and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Is this guy is this guy a millionaire? That's yeah. why Minnesota's the best. It's yeah. like you're you're driving around the lake. You don't not wave. If you pass a boat and someone doesn't wave, you're like, fuck's wrong with that person? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Like everyone's waving. It's like, hey, well, 
a good time? <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite part of lake yeah, life. Just best. like, hey, man, yeah. I don't know you, but I love you. Exactly. <laughs> it's like driving a Jeep, Jeep Wrangler. I don't know if you guys know that that trend, but if you drive a Jeep Wrangler and you pass someone that's driving a Jeep Wrangler, it is code. You wave. Really? Every time. That's and made up. You oh, just I, made that shit No, I'm, I'm not kidding because... My dad really wanted a Jeep Wrangler when when I was growing up. I mean, he loved them. And he finally bought one, and he had been talking. He's like, he's telling us, he's like, hey, Jeep Wrangler people, they always wave to each other when they drive past each other. And we're sitting there like, whatever, Dad. And I remember taking the first drive with him in Grand Forks when he got this Jeep Wrangler, and we see this other Jeep Wrangler coming, and my dad's like, let's fucking go. Like, Jeep Wrangler coming. And... We start driving past this guy, and I, I shit you not, this guy stuck his hand up first, and he was more pumped than we were. He was like, <laughs> I mean, he was jacked, and my dad and I both started laughing at me, like, oh, <laughs> waving back. Like, I mean, we almost got in a car crash. We're waving so hard. It was unbelievable. We're like, oh, that guy was more pumped than we were to wave. It was unbelievable. I love that. But, but those little, you know, just a little subtle wave. I mean, why not? I used to do it in my Tahoe. <laughs> can anyone I see someone driving a Tahoe I'm like fucking Tahoe bros let's go bro <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> why not it's a good wave makes people feel good um, but yeah that was my weekend let's uh, let's move on to our uh, the fun stuff brought to you by Butter Golf and we'll get right into our predictions here we'll start off with Denver at North Dakota um I will say I will be in attendance for both of these games. Yeah, that's sick. I love it's that. It's going to be epic. I mean, Denver at North Dakota is, that's always a series that's that's circled. Are you going to drop the puck? I'm going to talk to Bubs about that and uh, Jody at in the front desk running the Ralph there because I think I should. You know, I was committed to Denver, um, played for North Dakota. I have good ties to both these schools, so... Yep. You know, and, and I'm going to tell Bubs, you know, if I drop this puck, you guys will sweep. So you're going to want me to drop this puck. I like that. He'll <laughs> he'll have you come down and do a little speech, I think, to the boys too, get them pumped up. That's sweet. I love that that you're going to be there. I'm jealous a little bit, a lot of bit. So I'm actually going to Grand Forks in December, but for a wedding. There's no games. I'll be in Grand Forks in December for a wedding. What weekend is that? December 11th. Well, I'll probably 10th, be there too. 10th, so 11th. Who's no. wedding? Shelby Mayers, Shelby Williams. Uh, I, I remember the name. Yeah, um, maid of honor. A, so she was a nursing. No big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. Maid of honor. Good so, looking. We'll be up Shelby there. Shelby Mayers, I remember. Shelby Mayers, a good looking guy. Dark, yeah, dark hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That'll be great. Yeah, I might, I might have to crash that one. I I didn't get the invite, but uh, we'll have to discuss some things. I think that'd be fun. I might slither my way in. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we got Denver, uh, North Dakota. I'll, I'll start us off here. Um, I think this might be an obvious pick here, but I, I'm going to go split. I think North Dakota's not quite there yet. I don't think they can grab two from Denver. Denver's obviously playing well. Try to oh, try to pick, try to pick the winner of each game of each, each night. night. Yes. Yeah, um, you. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Denver on Friday and North Dakota gutsy win on Saturday. Yeah. I like uh, yeah. I'll go I'll go second here. Um I'm also gonna I'm also gonna side with Oles as much as it pains me. I mean I, I obviously want North, North Dakota to sweep, but it doesn't seem possible at this point. Um with Denver coming into town with, with, with the team they have. 
you know, if you're on the UND team, obviously you want to sweep, but you, you're kind of looking at a, a split yeah. with, with a team like that and, and how you've been playing. So I actually am going to flip-flop yours. I think North Dakota wins Friday. They come out. They need a win. Um, I know they just had a good weekend against Omaha, and, and Denver just had a weekend at home with, with St. Cloud, who's a juggernaut in the NCHA right now, I think. So I think North Dakota will will come out a little bit on Friday and get that win. I I think they do drop the Saturday game, so that's my prediction. So for my prediction... I'm going to go Nodak wins on Friday. I mean, being a fan, we were always a Friday team. Yeah, you're not Those wrong. were always the fun games to go to. Yeah. But then on Saturday, people will be talking about North Dakota, putting them down. I'm getting them for a tie. All right. Let's see them match Denver. I, I like it. I like that power move, Mace. I can see it. Um. Okay. Well, there are, those are the predictions for the North Dakota-Denver series. Let's move on to the next one. I'm going to go Penn State at Minnesota playing on the ocean at Mariucci 3M. Um, I guess I'll start us off here. Gosh, who did who did Minnesota play last weekend? Was that Ohio, Ohio State, State, I think? Yeah. yeah. So Minnesota's been – shit, Minnesota's been on a, a run of running into some good teams. And Penn State, I think, and pairwise, I don't know where they rank in the USA rankings because I think pairwise – I think pairwise right now, if, if fans look at pairwise – before january february it it essentially means nothing um because it doesn't take it it doesn't take into account the eye test when you watch the team you can just see how good they are yeah and they might have lost to a worse team that lost to bad teams that hurt their pairwise ranking but early in the season i think your eye test does well um i know penn state's right up there but i think minnesota has that number one seed in them yeah i'm gonna say sweep minnesota um it's gonna be a big weekend for them a turning point in their season a little bit give them more confidence um because i i think they do i i completely think they have the team to to do it i i just think they've dropped some games that they shouldn't have so i'm gonna say they pull it together this weekend and bobby's gonna bobby matsko is gonna get the boys going they're gonna sweep i like it I like it. Mace, what are you thinking? Uh, I mean, Penn State's been hot, I gotta say. They have. I'm going split. Gophers take one, Penn State takes one. I like that. Um, I am very much on the same boat as Mace, I think. I think think the Ghosts win one at home. Obviously, it's hard to play on that big ocean. Uh, I think they grab the Friday game, but I think Penn State's a, a very solid team, and I think they come back and win... Uh, on Saturday at 3M at Mariucci Arena across from TCF Bank Stadium. <laughs> is TCF? Is I, that TCF I, I don't think it is. I, I forget what the new name is. The, all the names have changed. Yeah, Three, it's 3M at whatever Mariucci. Whatever company has the most money at the time just yeah. wants the name up there. I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to build mini movers as big as we can get to try to get the mini movers stadium. Yeah. And then just put a bunch of North Dakota flags up there. Just. <laughs> Can you imagine? I just bought the stadium name rights of just mini movers blows up to some huge conglomerate, which is impossible. But if it did happen, I'd be flying North Dakota flags somewhere. I love it. Uh, Mace already went. We've we've got him. Oh yeah, we both so, we both went split. 
I I decided that uh, Minnesota would win Friday and Penn State Saturday. I like that pick. Just just thinking of Minnesota probably not wanting to go out on Saturday because they've got homework to do. But yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the next one. Bemidji State at Northern Michigan. Mace, start us off. What do you got in this grinder fest? I love this game. <sighs> Wow, I really, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know absolutely nothing about these two teams, <laughs> but I want to say Northern Michigan sweeps, but I'm going to split. All right. All right. I like that. I'll do it. I'll be the one to do it. Northern Michigan sweeps Bemidji, Bemidji at home. Oh, yeah. I, I like that pick. Northern Michigan, this is, a, that, this is the same series we predict. I mean, Ferris State versus Bemidji. Yeah, can we talk Northern, about? Can we talk yeah. about that quick? I feel like this needs to be discussed. This is we gave you a point because it wasn't technically I, true. I predicted two ties. It was so damn close. <laughs> it was, that would have been so funny it, if that. It hit. was a tie. It, it was down a, to it. Yeah, it was a tie Friday, and then Bemidji won in overtime <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> It was a fantastic call. I mean, that's just the teams that you know. Mace, Mace doesn't. I again. I don't. I haven't watched Bemidji play. I haven't watched Northern play. Nope. I haven't watched Ferris State play. Obviously, but that's the kind of knowledge you get playing college hockey. Is you just know the identity of each team, and mm-hmm. it's essentially the same. The same series this weekend, but Northern. If you haven't seen it, Northern has uh, Grant Patonley as the coach. Yeah, great coach. Um, they've got a sick rink. I mean, this this Northern's rink could be in the NCHC and be one of the better ones. It, yeah, it's a great rink. Yeah, and and they fill it. I don't know if they fill it against Bemidji State coming into town, but I like Olsa's pick. Fuck me. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go a win. And a tie. I knew it was coming. I mean, that's it's dumb if you don't. And a tie. It's smart. For Bemidji. Whoa. Whoa. Bemidji's coming in. They're winning. And they're tied. Power move. Power move. Coming in Northern. Gotta respect that shit. Northern just got that new locker room in. You know, they're, you know, feeling good. Oh, I got a new locker room. We're feeling pretty sick, you know, they're gonna they're gonna lose and tie, and then Patoni's gonna be like, "What the fuck did we get this locker room for you guys? <laughs> Fucking losing and tying to Bemidji at home? Come on, I, I can ho- see it coming. It happens every time. I hope that video comes out on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Saturday awful. they lose and they tie, and that video comes out of him. I would lose. If it. the video comes out of the coach roasting the team, that's an extra point. Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And all that happens. And that video comes out, that's an extra point. I like that. You know how many times Hack, Bub's never pulled that out of us, but no. Hack, you know how many times Hack would pull that, we, we'd have a bad week, and he's like, it's because you guys are fucking pampered, yeah. getting nice meals, <laughs> oh, yeah. getting fucking breast dance, getting all this, staying in nice hotels, you fucking guys don't deserve it. <laughs> and we're sitting there thinking like, fuck it. We don't, but you it's hit the, nice. Hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> on to the next, the the final one here. Um, Providence versus UConn. Pairwise doesn't mean anything, but they're two and three and what are they, four, four and, and five? five? Four, four and five, five in pairwise. They're both hot. I mean, Providence. 
Providence is coming off a weekend. Um, they just swept UMass, who's, yeah. you know, UMass is a fucking, they're a powerhouse. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see what UConn's been up to. Because I know they've been, so they just beat, they beat Maine. UConn swept Maine last weekend. So they, they're they're hot too. I mean. They, they tied Ohio State, beat Ohio State. They split with BU. They beat BC. And they're coming off. And Ohio teams. State just split with the Gophers. Yeah, so, yeah. Ohio State's a real team. They, I mean, UConn, Providence, that, that's a real matchup here. Yeah. It looks like Hockey East is – it's funny to see Hockey East's um, standings right now. Just judging from when we were playing Ols, you know, like the UMass Amherst was not up there. It was no. UMass Lowell who was yes. good. Yes, yep. And – BC and BU were always at the top. And now you've got, I guess Providence did win um, the national championship. Was that your freshman year? Yeah. I was sitting next to the tubas. But they they came to play They came to play us, and, yeah. and we beat them and I think, tied. Tied, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Hockey East is looking a little different with UMass Amherst and, and BC and BU kind of. Riding the ship, oh, anyway. Yeah. yeah dumping yeah but um i'll start us off with yukon provinces a home and home i'm gonna take a providence sweep wow um the reason i'm doing that is is i don't yukon doesn't have much history unfortunate for them i don't know what they have going on this year but any team providence has history they have good teams every year they have a good coach. I know that. I don't know the coach of UConn. I don't know the players, but there are teams that start out hot every year and, and kind of fizzle out. It happens all the time. Um, I do believe that's what UConn has going because I, I I haven't heard of you know top end guys committing there. I just think they've had a good run and they're going to run into this Providence team who just just took it to UMass, who's a real contender Real contender and they're gonna run into trouble i respect that mace go ahead what do you got you know i'm gonna take a shot in the dark i'm gonna say that yukon sweeps providence okay you know providence came off the hot week against umass they're feeling good yukon's feeling good too i think providence is gonna get a little ahead of themselves at home yukon's gonna get it and they're gonna come at home so all right I, I think it's a win and a win for UConn. All right. Mace, I like that pick um, just because I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'd love UConn to come out and that'd be so. Pro- that'd be so sick. And now sick. everyone's looking at UConn like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. That'd be awesome. I like it. I'll take the easy one here. Split. I think they both went at home. Good call. I, I tried going the same with Providence and UMass last, yeah. last week and I thought I was going to hit. Yeah. After Providence went at home, I'm like, UMass is taking the next one. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. I, you can't predict these games. No. Man. It's. I mean, I've got, I've got no idea. I'm, I'm overaged when it comes to these guys. I've, you know, some of these guys, you but, know, maybe I've heard of because they play on yeah. Sioux City, and I still follow their social media. Um, but I've got no idea who any of these guys are. Um, I hope that changes. Well, you think of. So, Omaha goes to Mankato, sweeps Mankato in Mankato. Yeah. So, you're like, 
I'm like, fuck, Mankato's shit. And then they go play the Gophers, and they beat the Gophers. Yeah. And then you're like, well, what's going on here? And then North Dakota goes to Omaha and beats them in ties, and you're like, I don't know what to think yeah. about it. And then Duluth loses a CC 5-0. It's just like you can never predict. No, <laughs> no matter what. No matter what you're seeing, no matter how they look, you just and, and and you feel that when you're in the locker room playing playing college hockey. That's why it's so like college hockey is so different from pro and junior because junior games and pro games, you're going to play these teams and you're like, whatever, we might win, lose. We're we're pretty good, probably win. We might lose, whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, but college, you're like, we should win these games, but god damn it. We might not. Yeah. Like, you don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's stressful. Yeah, it is. Just having those two games on the weekend, it, you don't know what's going to happen. It's I mean, it's hard. I feel like home field advantage really plays a part in college hockey, too. It does. It does in a weird way. Well, and... But, and, but then, yeah, I don't know. It's you weird. Don't, you don't realize... Um, so the home team gets last change mm-hmm. in the D zone, O zone. Yep. That... That plays a big, you know, like when you're on the road and you've got the fourth line out there and they send, you know, I Trevor, the boys. They send Trevor Moore, Denton yeah. Heinen, and Dylan Gambrell out there. Yeah. You're like, we are fucked. <laughs> like, that, that's a big, or, or same thing with us. We, we send Kajula, Besser, and yeah. Schmaltz, Nikki out there against yeah. their fourth line. You're like, they are so fucked. And I mean, <laughs> here's a question I've always wanted to ask. Like, how much does do fans like in not like you kind of help in a play? Goes, I think it goes two ways though, right? Like when the when the team's playing both. when it, when the team's playing really well, you build off the energy. Mm-hmm. But then when we're kind of struggling, they score one and it gets kind of quiet. It's like oh fuck, it's here tough. we go. It's, oh, it's so when it, when it gets quiet and you're not playing well and no one's making a peep. Yeah. I mean, you can just kind of feel your feet in quicksand. Like, how are we going to get out of yeah. this? Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy how much fans play a part in But it, it so. does, and the louder it gets, I guess, during games, like when you play like you play Western with the Lawson Lunatics. Yeah. I mean, you're buzzing out there because they're yeah. fucking loud. Yeah, like, it brings the away team into it too. It, cause it, well, that's why all, you know, when teams come play at the Ralph and, and the student section is full, I mean – that's what we always said in the locker room. Like, hey, these guys are bringing their best game. They'll play all year because, I mean, who can't get up for a game in, in the Ralph with yeah, our are student you section? Me? Especially yeah. when, you know, a smaller team would come there or someone, a team that didn't play in front of crowds like that. I mean, they'd come there and they'd come just guns ablazing. Yeah. It's like, oh, Air how do these guys have, yeah. How do they have this energy? It's like, well, because they don't play in front of fans like this. And yeah. Now they are and it's like, they're giving their all. Yeah. So it can work backwards, but yeah, I mean, just like the, I noticed a little bit, the momentum shifts. Um, when I was watching the Gophers Sioux series, when the Sioux fans would chant, let's go Sioux, let's go Sioux. And a couple times it get loud. In there. It was yeah. so loud. And it was like, and the Gophers fans would try to chant, let's go Gophers. And it, Let's go Sue is louder. And yeah, you could compete. And you could tell the North the Nodot guys were like, We started gaining a little momentum. Like yeah. it helped. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It works both ways. But yeah, that's that's good for the predictions. Um I I'm not gonna get in a 
nail gun of the week or any of the other stuff um just because we have pulley on and it was such a great episode you guys are just only going to want to listen to this but i did want to bring up um a topic that that came up um which kind of always messed with my head doing so the topic is locker room mouth versus real life mouth or business mouth or construction i'm the king i'm the king of this construction mouth versus real life in front of your grandma mouth and in interviews and stuff um i just wanted to bring it up because i think it is a funny it's kind of a funny thing to where like all these athletes like you know you go on you go on und.com and you watch all the interviews with all the with all the hockey players yeah, or even probably football players, whoever it is. And they're giving these just professional responses and, and they sound all just pristine and, and polished. It's funny to listen to that because I know inside the locker room, they are just dropping F bombs left and right and slang words here oh, and there. Yeah. And it's like, the reason I wanted to bring this up was because, you know, I'd, I'd been in the, it's the same thing at work right now. It's like the locker room mouth. I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the warehouse guys, the movers and stuff. And we're just talking. I'm like, fucking, you gotta fucking do this. And then like, fucking, this is a, this is going to be a bitch for you. It's fucking bullshit, but whatever you fucking do this and that. And then I get a call on my phone for, from a customer about a, about a move. And I'm on the call and, and they're like, yeah, so, I do have to say, you know, we do, you know, do you guys move pianos? I'm like, oh yeah, those are fucking, <laughs> you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't transition to my business yeah, yeah. communication fully. I, I, I still had my mind on the, like the locker room talk side. I'm like, oh God. And I've done the same thing um, when I was in college and I went home to eat dinner with my grandma and my mom and got right out of the locker and went straight home and, and started talking to them. I'm like, Oh yeah, we were, we were fucking doing it. <laughs> my mom and grandma. Were like, and I'm like, Oh my God. I, don't even, I didn't even know I said that. A great, a great example of this is, did you guys watch TJ Hawkinson's interview um, at practice this week? No, no. Did he drop a few? He, he, nobody caught himself. Yeah. And you can, you, there are s- simple little things that you can pick up in, in like pro oh, athletes yeah. interviews where like, wow, that could have been a little oh, shaky, yeah. but, yeah. but Hawkinson, they were talking about, you know, what's it like being traded in your division from Detroit to Minnesota. And he's like, uh, well, yeah. And, you know, I come over here and, you know, we got a great chance to do something. And, and, you know, that's not something I've, that's not, not something we talked about in Detroit, yeah. 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 you know, and he was about to drop that F bomb and he caught himself. So th- this is a funny topic, but to build off that, um, a lot of my friends, uh, call me out on it a lot actually because i'm one that swears quite a bit um and truthfully you know my my parents haven't been so um like strict on it they're they're okay with me swearing and whatever and i I for sure do it too much around them for sure but when i'm with your parents or oh if i met your parents or tucker's you know like You'll hear Mark. Complete and different person. M- Mark Pullman and yeah. Leanne. You know, I stayed at their house for a week and I was this perfect saint. Oh, yeah. Please. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. and, and, you know, it's it's a respect thing, but it's also like, uh, you know, I got to change my act here. Yeah. And there, <laughs> it brings me back to certain guys who, 
you know, we're the most ridiculous in the locker yeah. room. And, and it doesn't even go back to like swearing. It goes back to like how they talk and you know, what they say. Yeah. And then one, one comes to mind, Evan Allen, we had him on the, on the show, but he, his, his personality and the way he talked in front of the guys was complete 180. <laughs> like we were all, we were all thinking like, Oh, I can't let Evel meet my parents. Either. <laughs> and then, you know, Evel meets my parents and he's more professional than I am. And I'm sitting over there like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who is this guy? I don't even know this guy. And he's yeah. like talking to my parents all professional. I'm like, what are you doing? Man? You're, you're faking. He's like, what do you do? Are you going to swear to my parents? No. <laughs> Mace, know? do you ever catch yourself uh, talking how you talk to the fellas or whatever at work or around your parents or anything like that? Dude, I mean, it's it's absolutely night and day. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not just going to go to my parents and say, like, hey, this is what's going on. Never mind. I'm capping. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're not going to know what I'm talking about. Like, they're not going to know the lingo. And yeah. when I'd come back to Egan and talk to my parents, I'd be like, I'd have to catch myself. I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I got to calm down. <laughs> like, I'm, what, 21 <laughs> talking to my parents at dinner? Like, all right, buddy. <laughs> Oh, and this is another reason why I brought this up was because I I did the uh, Everything College Hockey. They did a live show at Blarney's before the Saturday game. And they they had me and Zach Budish on the stage just talking about the North Dakota-Minnesota rivalry. And it was live, and there was a bunch of people there. And I was just telling a story, and I dropped an F-bomb just in the middle of it. And I'm like, (laughs) why did I just... Why did I have to use fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just saying a sentence. It's just an emphasizer that... It, it is. It's, pers- like, it's like, it's not even a swear word. It's just like another, like... And I saw, I, I just watched like a comedy skit of this stand-up guy who was talking about um, people who didn't know English, learning English. And he's like, how hard must it be? Like, we, we, we like balance the word shit off of like different animal shits, you know, like, yeah. So like, you know, Oh fuck. That's dog shit. You know, <laughs> that's different than saying, Oh fucking horse shit. <laughs> that's cat shit. And I mean, that's, that's true. You're a fucking dip shit. In my, age <laughs> I mean, group, they're all different. They all mean different, you know, things in my age group right now. You say someone's bad and I mean, someone older would be like, "Oh, they're not a good person." Yeah. No, that means they're fucking. They're fucking hot. They gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it started. I remember. I remember that. I remember that transition. I think it was when I was in high school. Um, it started with the skateboarders and snowboarders. They started saying, "Oh, that was sick." Yeah. Oh yeah. So then we started saying, "Like, that was a fucking sick play." Yeah. And the parents were like, "Sick." It was a bad play. Yeah. You want to be sick? No, I'm like, that was dirty. Yeah. Dirty. Nasty. Is, is dirty good? Dirty's a bad thing. No, it's good. <laughs> nasty, nasty sounds bad. Nasty. Nasty. Oh, that's that's gotta be terrible. No, no it's really, really good. good. <laughs> it's like what? How do you learn English? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't understand a vocab that someone's saying, it's probably the opposite of what you think it is. Yeah. So like Yeah, you're not wrong. Never. That's part of the cool part, is like you're saying it because it's the exact opposite. That's that's why it was funny when Mace brought up uh the Jordan Schmaltz interview and our uh, it's a bit gig that we're on as well. Listening to it's a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and Jordan Schmaltz's lingo, it's just like he's got he's got a new word every time he speaks, and it's just hilarious. Dude, I see his butter golf like athletes of the month video yeah. pictures, and I, it's at least like fifteen new Dude, vocab words. Yeah, like, it's it's so many. It's like I I know those missing curfew guys, Scotty Upshaw and, and yeah. Ob. They they come up with a lot of those little. I don't know. I mean, I I, I still remember like Jordo's the first time we were golfing, and he's like, "Oh, got a nice set of wrenches, eh, fella?" <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like wrenches." He's like, "Yeah, hey, sticks, nice sticks." I'm like he just called my clubs wrenches. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's hilarious. It's, it's, it, it, you'll hear something come off his lips and. It's just like, what did he just say? But it instantly sticks. It's it like, makes oh, I'm sense. Gonna, I'm going to say that a hundred times. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because um, I thought it was so funny how like you just, you completely change personalities yeah. in front of whoever you are. You know, if oh, God, you're around yeah. the boys, you just, if you, it's funny to think about it. Like if the rest of the world could see you around the boys, yeah. it's probably said for everyone out there, right? Like. If people could see you around the people you're comfortable with, everyone would be like, everyone's weird as fuck. <laughs> I don't understand these people. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, Gage. Like, I'm I'm not quite sure what people would think if they saw me in a locker room, but Mark Pullman has. I'm still his friend. Yeah, so. and, and, and there's a lot of context behind it, too. And, yeah. And, and, and that's, why I have a, that's why I have trouble with, you know, guys getting in trouble with things they said or in a certain setting, it's like, you know, we've said some things that, you know, have context from, you know, months ago Yeah, where all the guys know Yes, and no one else knows. So if anyone else saw that joke, they'd be like, what the fuck, the fuck did they everyone just say? Everyone on the team like knows from a few months ago, yeah. like that's the joke. And yeah. it's like really funny to everyone else. Yeah. Just like that. It's just like the Seth Jones and, yeah. and Johansson joke. It's like no one thinks that's funny, but to us, so that, that, that might have been the funniest moment of my life. It's, it's been I mean, seven I, I was damn cry, years. I was crying laughing like when guys would come in. And and even like it was better when it was dead for a little bit. Yes. Guys would be like, hey, like, see what happened to Seth Jones? <laughs> You'd be like, no, what happened? Gave his apartment keys. He was like, "Fucking hilarious!" But, dude, that was been no text for like three months. Yeah, it hasn't been mentioned for so long. And somebody would just bring it up. I'll I'll never forget. I moved down to the cities, and that's the first thing Gage texted me. (laughs) He fell for it. He's like, "No, what?" I'm like, "Canada keys." (laughs) Oh god, so good. Um, but yeah, that, that'll wrap up the fun stuff, um, for this week. And, and guys, like I said, we're moving on to Mark Pullman, which is going to be one of the best guests we have all time, just with his, his experience and, and what he brings. And he's a very humble guy. And he, he kind of explains in the interview that, you know, it's, it's all the people around him and it, it is, but, uh, just so you guys know, he is probably the most sought after, um, strength coach and athletic trainer there is in hockey right now um he he wouldn't admit it but i i have asked around for years now and and it's it's known that you know every nhl team would take him in right now they would fire their guy it he's he's the best there is so very informational and and very cool to listen to what he has to say 
So now on to Mark Pullman. And now I'd like to welcome on a very special guest. Um, means means a lot to Olson and I here. His name is Mark Pullman. He's the trainer of North Dakota. He's been there forever. His his kids, Tucker and Colton, played there. And his, his youngest child, Mason, is now committed to St. Thomas to play D1 hockey. Mark, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate you giving us the time. This is, this is going to be an awesome episode for us. I'm a, I'm a little nervous actually just knowing you two I'm a little nervous about where we're, where we're going with this so uh, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it we'll we'll, uh, we'll have fun here yeah we will and uh like I said before Pooley we kind of always go through you know the path of each guy and how they got to where they were and I think your path is pretty cool and I'll you know I I know you you grew up in Warren and were a football player and ended up ended up playing football um for the University of North Dakota you know, now you're a trainer for North Dakota, have been for a while. Was that something you knew you were trying to do in college going through your degree? Or, you know, how did that come about after college? Uh, I went to college to play football. I mean, my first two or three <laughs> semesters were 2-0, 2-0, 2 I was there to play football. That's all. I, I, I was going to go back and, and work on the farm. That was my plan. Um. I guess I got interested more in the medical side. Uh, broke my thumb, and and we had some casting, and I I, I liked the idea of, of the medical side of that, so I got into it. Um, I had to finish uh, playing football before I could get into athletic training. So come back from my my, my master's. So that's nine and a half years, fellas. So uh, really? a lot of people still, go to school for oh, nine yeah, and a half yeah, it's years. Called, it's called a doctor, though, right? <laughs> that's, that's the old joke, right? <laughs> so uh, no, I I. Uh, Back when I played football, how I actually kind of got into what I was getting into was uh, back in the 80s, uh, UND football and, and uh, hockey didn't necessarily get along. So there were a lot of, uh, a lot of altercations uh, away, from, uh, away from the university. And uh, at that time, Gino Gasparini was the head coach of, of hockey and uh, also the AD, I believe, at the time. And uh, he was looking for a couple uh, milk drinkers to come over and, and hang out with the hockey guys to smooth things over a little bit. So uh, <laughs> the quarterback, Todd Kovash and myself ended up coming over there in 1987 uh, this summer and started uh, driving Zamboni and that type of thing. I got to know Coach Blaze real well at that time. And uh, I went away, worked a couple of years in, in uh, Dubuque, Iowa as an athletic trainer. And, uh, uh, when Dean got the head, head job with, with UND, um, the, the head ATC at the time contacted me and it just kind of worked out to where Dean wanted me back. I wanted to come back, got, got my master's at that point in time. And then since then it's, uh, it, it's been fun. It's been a good time. Oh, it had to have been. I mean, your, your story and your, your career with UND is, um, you know, possibly maybe the best that, that UND's seen. I mean, the amount, the amount that you, you do for the, the program is, um, it's just, it's unmeasurable, I think. And, you know, mo most, I think most colleges have an athletic trainer and then they have, you know, the guy in the workout in the weight room and you do both and you've been doing both. So how does that, you know, you, you said you were in, in Dubuque, you're an athletic trainer. So that doesn't necessarily mean you're a weight trainer. How do you kind of get into that role? Cause I can imagine Dean, Dean Blaze kind of just hired you to be the athletic trainer. Yes, and and I was that. Um, shoot, probably the first I don't know five ten years. I don't even know. Time flies. Um, 
it just kind of morphed into it to a certain degree between preventing injuries, um, obviously being uh, playing football for a while. I lifted an awful lot of weights. Yeah. Um, I had ideas of what I liked, what I didn't like philosophy wise. Um, understanding mechanics, uh, going through the athletic training program, understanding injury, understanding stuff like that. I became a little bit more interested in preventing injuries. Um, and then that, that got into more the, the human performance side of it. It's kind of built and it's still building and it's going over my head at this point in time. But, um, it just kind of evolved when coach Hackstall, uh, was there. He, uh, he said, I want you to be the strength coach. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not CSCS certified. And at the time you didn't have to be to, to work in college. I mean, um, probably should have been at that time, but at that <laughs> time you didn't have to be. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let, let's get into it. Let, let's do it. Um, and that kind of revived me a bit. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a whole new level of, you're kind of you're kind of a mom in the athletic training room, and then uh, you get in the weight room, and you get to be a bit more stern, a bit more uh, um, direct, uh, focused on different things. So, it, for me, I really enjoyed it. It, it. It's a good it's a good switch anyway. When when and they you, work well together. Yeah, when you made the switch to become both, is that when you kind of brought in the student um, trainers to help, or did you have those throughout your whole time there? Well, the, the part of the, part of our athletic training program is you, all the students their 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 uh, experiences get rotated through all the different sports between men's women's contact non contact stuff like that. So uh, the athletic training students have always been rotating through. Yeah, I'm sure that helped though when you switched over to the weight side of it, having those people to you know if somebody tweaks something in the in the weight room you can obviously look over them, but then just send them to the to the training staff or whatever and and look after them. Well, the, the the tough part is actually being in charge of both and supervising both. Yeah. Uh, so as much as I think they work great together, the downside is you can't be in two spots at one time. So with the new sure. weight room, actually, there's there's a kind of a human performance lab where, where we have the sports scientist and there's a training table in there. And also there's an athletic training table in the weight room now to where I can do some things there as well. But the upside for the athletic training students is they get to understand the weight room, understand that it's the same as a rehab setting. It's just different velocities, different weights, different focus, but it's mechanics are the same. Yeah. Pulley, I'm going to circle back here to when you did leave Dubuque and come back to North Dakota to be the athletic trainer and you're, you know, athletic trainers are, you know, treating injuries and stuff. And, and, you know, everyone knows hockey players are hard headed and, you know, if you have an injury, I can imagine back in the day when you when you first got to UND, no, I'm not hurt. I'm I'm fine. Um, what is that transition like? You know, I can imagine you're a pretty young guy, and you know, you've got to tell a guy, hey, you, you can't be practicing, you can't be doing this. You know, how did you deal with that transition, or was that tough? I mean, at times being kind of a young guy and and having to tell guys, you know, maybe um, you, you can't play or or whatever it is, I guess, what, what was that transition like? Oh, I don't think it was that difficult. Um, not that far removed from, from, uh, competition myself. It, you, you still have that as far as the only difference is, are you going to make yourself worse or how much worse are you going to, are you going to make yourself by playing through this? I, I think it's more of an educational thing between the athlete and yourself, just the discussion point of, if you do this, this is a probable probable outcome, good good or bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. as far as this may delay healing, or you know what, 
I draw the line because this isn't smart. This can cause further damage or, you know what, this might affect the rest of your career or you might be out. I mean, there's certain things where you like, it's not an option anymore. But if there's that debate going on to where, you know what, the difference between being hurt and being injured, that, that discussion. um, That, that, I don't think that was that, that difficult of, of a transition because of the, the, the discussion more so. And also, I've been very lucky with the with the head coaches I've I've dealt with as far as um, there's only been a couple situations and and it's concussions and and again the tr- that that's a massive transition from from the from the early '90s or mid '90s to uh, yeah that was something now. we were going to discuss yeah yeah I mean I remember when we played I remember guys getting just dinged and everybody would be laughing about it because they're you know, asking stupid questions over and over again or not remembering anything. And, and at that time in the eighties, it was comical to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but then as, as more information came out uh, in the, in the nineties and then early two thousands, um, you know, all of a sudden it became, you know, this might be not be the smartest thing for you to return at this point in time. Um, and those are probably the more difficult decisions. Um between myself and the player and the and myself and the coaches yeah because again the coaches played in a time where hey i'm good yeah yeah i don't don't remember things but i'm good type thing yeah uh did i know it didn't because you're a very professional person but like has there ever been a time where i mean you're passionate about the program you're passionate about how the team does things like that you know has there ever been like a tough decision where you didn't know whether to teeter totter, you know, either way? Oh, you oh know? yeah. What? Oh, no, I, I absolutely. What what yeah, kind of what kind of comes into the mind when that when a situation like that arises? Um, stupid as it sounds, I I I think of them as one of my kids. Yeah. What what I want as a as a parent, as yeah. far as not only that night but next week, next month, next year, ten years down the road, thirty years down the road. Yeah. So. When it comes to that point, as far as concussions, that that's kind of where I lean towards. Um, but orthopedic injuries are kind of different. Then, then it's how functional can you be? Yeah. If you're at eighty percent, are you functional enough for your level of play? Yeah. Also, yeah. what kind of player are you? Are, yeah. are you a guy that goes in the corner all the time to where you're going to get banged up, or are you a highly skilled guy to where you're going to be staying out of contact? It, so all those things come into play and, and that's coach's decisions. It's not mine, but it's the discussion point of, of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Pooley, you know, since your time being an athletic trainer, you know, and you're on the bench, you know, watching every guy, um, do you, obviously you're just kind of talking about how each guy plays and do you, and obviously now you're the, the weight coach too. So you, you're training them in the weight room and also keeping them from, from being injured or hurt. You know, do you, do you ever take a look at these guys and, and you watch them on the ice and you see how they play and you kind of alter maybe their weight training program because of the way they play and you see certain things or, you know, like, Hey, this guy's always doing this. I, I, I see, you know, he might, he might be shoulder prone or something. I need to work out his shoulders more or something different like that. Uh, I wouldn't say what I see on the ice. It, that's more so what I see in the weight room, how they move their mechanics, how they move, how, how they sit their posture wise. Um, and more so their limitations that you see. 
uh, between doing a preseason testing, finding out limitations, either strength or range of motion, and then you alter their their prehab or their 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 lift depending on that. And then obviously all the all the inj- injuries you guys get before you even get to UND. Yeah. Um, kind of dealing with those, making sure they they are back to where they should be, um, and, and then progress from there. As far as is it somebody that needs to put on a bit more mass or explosiveness or what what's the focus and you know finding out from them what what they think is important for themselves how, how you know, often the, yeah how often do you have the those conversations with players to say hey you know do you feel like this is helping you um do you, do you ever have those conversations individually with players where it's like what what feels right to you what movements do you want to work with things like that I think that's kind of a constant, a, a, not a daily thing, but you know, you walk by and see them lifting up whatever their whatever the the uh, the lift might be, and you talk to them and and you see something that doesn't seem work right, and figure out why why what would they prefer to do instead. There's some guys that can't do any cleans at all because of the crappy range of motion a lot of you guys have in your wrists. Yeah. So the, you know, just you, yeah. you alter little things because of of little little uh, anatomical or biomechanical issues you have. Um, but but to back up a little bit. Um, I had a senior student and he worked with me last year a little bit, Tyler Wheeler. He's, he's down in the cities right now working with Haas. Is that how you pronounce it? I think anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we had a great idea. So every player, uh, for two years now have, uh, or for the one year anyway, sorry. Um, we just sat down and we went over their, their wide variety of issues that they'd want to work on, whether it's sports psychology, nutrition, on ice, off ice, what can we do to help? And I think that opened up a lot of doors in, in discussion, um, sleeping issues, um, all these For things sure. that nobody ever thinks about, but it becomes a massive thing. I, I mean, uh, yeah. with what we have there, it's it's an unbelievable facility, unbelievable what, what we get to go to every day, but it's still the bottom line of sleep, nutrition, hydration, yeah. and you work. I yeah. mean, th- those are still the things. Isn't that crazy how back in the 70s, right, you, you'd see guys smoking a cigarette and then having a burger and, a, you know, a fat steak after, a, you know, how much has the evolution of diet, you know, changed in regards to sports? And and, like, and when did that, yeah, and, and when did diet, because I can imagine when you started out, diet probably wasn't a huge thing. It was, you know, you show up and you get you get conditioned during training camp and you know, if you're playing well on the ice, go eat whatever you want. But it, at some point, it had to turn into a, the diet had to turn into a, a big thing. Well, I, I think that's also kind of a, on a continuum. Probably, maybe ten to fifteen years ago, it became a bit more of an issue, at least in our world. Yeah, uh, the capability of actually being able to 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 choose what kind of food you guys are having, um, having uh, you know a couple meals there to begin with, and now you're having every meal there to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, and and having the chef and the nutritionist decide and, and help portion planning, carbohydrate more so than so much protein. Everybody wants to take protein. Are you on a fad dairy diet or are you actually intolerant? Uh, gluten-free or you just want to be gluten-free? Um, all, all these different issues that pop up that to discuss. Uh, again, that, that's part of the, the open discussion. Why yeah. do you want to do this? Yeah. Is it good or bad for you? You can't. You need carbohydrates. Yeah, just because the pro- high protein diet is there, it doesn't mean that's the right thing for you. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome that you guys are doing that. In, in my time at school, especially my freshman year in the dorms, I was a horrendous sleeper, and I think that it's kind of grown into today. 
I'm a, I'm a very bad sleeper, and I think that has a lot to do with diet, things like that. Yeah. So I think that's really cool step that you guys took. That would have been interesting to um, have a discussion about my time there because it's something I didn't think about. Right, yeah. right. And it, it's brought up, I mean, constantly, really. Yeah, Yeah, and Puli, I'll circle back a little bit um, yeah. to when you, you went from being an athletic trainer only to also manning the weight room. You know, and, and now, I mean, it's, it's grown into so much more, like you've just said, into sleep and diet and, you know, what you're eating and stuff. So when you transitioned out of just the athletic training room into the weight room and, and all this stuff starts getting thrown on your plate, you know, how full was your plate at that time? Did you, you know, how did you handle that? Did you, were you prepared to take on that workload? Because like you said, you got to be in two different places at the same time. It's you, you're taking on two roles um, I can imagine, you know, your, your, your head's kind of cut off in certain instances with, you know, like when you start out, especially, I know, I know you have it dialed in right now. And especially when we were there, I mean, it was like, there's no one else out there like you. It's, it's just insane. But obviously you had to go through some transitions that were, were tough. The, the, the toughest year was the first year that I was doing it coming up with the summer workout plan and how I wanted to organize it. That w- that was probably the toughest year. Um, but really they work so well together. Yeah. Um, they do because you find out what your limitations are. You work on your limitations and that allows you to get stronger and healthier, less soft tissue injuries, unless it's contact It kind of can't really prevent that. Yeah. But those were always my goal is how do I prevent soft tissue damage or, or issues off the ice? Yeah. And well, also on the ice, obviously hip flexors, lower back, those type of things that, that are always the beginning of the season issues that, that pop up with, with a lot of, a lot of guys. And that's always my, my focus is trying to prevent that soft tissue that, um, that I think is preventable. It's, it's a, it's a hard gig because everybody's body's different, right? We yeah. had this, we had this conversation a hundred times when I was at school, everybody's body's different. Oh. And, you know, <laughs> somebody's structure could be completely different than somebody else's. So I, you know, having those conversations with the players, awesome. But, you know, you talked about structural, you know, seeing how people sit in chairs, things like that. You know, how often are you working when you're at the rink? You know, do you ever get time off or are you always examining? He's still the, working right now. The, the way people are <laughs> walking, looking, things like that. I, I While I'm at the, when I'm at the rink, yeah, you always, you, you watch how people carry themselves. Yeah. You know, same thing with the Saturday morning stretch you guys used to do every every Saturday morning after a game. For me, it had nothing to do with you guys warming up. I was watching the guys move. You yeah. see how much you're lying, lying to me saying it's sore, it's not sore, just yeah. by watching. Are you able to do shoulder rotations? Are you able to do, you know, the hip flexor stretch? Can you squat all the way down? I was watching you guys' movements. I, I mean, I could, I really wasn't into warming you guys up Saturday morning necessarily. <laughs> That's funny you brought up the whether you guys are lying to me because obviously, if you're injured, you know, I mean, my freshman year, I remember, I, I, I injured my knee, and I'm, I'm telling Pooley like, no, I feel God, I feel, I feel fine, I feel fine, and he's like, you don't look fine. <laughs> like my knee was hurt. That was against Northern Michigan, I think, and. um I, I wanted to ask about that because I remember one of the one of the summers we came in after the after the season ended and you know you had noticed that we had a little uptick in shoulder injuries the year before so we were doing different shoulder exercises and stuff so you know how often are you looking at those stati- statistics on the ice and like okay this guy had some hip fec- 
we had seven guys with hip flexor injuries and six mm-hmm. guys with back stuff. So we got to do something in the weight room. Is that something you're just constantly working on? Well, that, uh, yeah, that's pretty constant. But the, sometimes you have an injury of, of the year. I mean, you're, it's kind of hard to prevent high ankle to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, rotator, rotator cuff. There's some things you can help preventative with that. Hip flexor, again, soft tissue things you can work on. There's a smaller muscle called the sartorius that basically is a skater muscle bringing the leg back underneath you again. And we had a rash of those. And and I thought back and and I dropped a, a certain lift. The skater stride ones, I don't know if you guys remember those or not with the, with the Kaiser machine. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, for some odd reason, I dropped those out of the summer routine. And I probably had five or six sartorius throughout the throughout the first two to three months. So yeah. it's a constant, you know, evaluation what's going on with the guys. But a lot of it is individual too. So yeah, it is. It has to be just like old said. Every everybody's different. And- yeah. Let's let's talk about Hell Week and you know, uh, not Hell Week, but uh, uh, Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously that's that's a test for you know, how hard somebody's going to work, yada, yada, yada. We talk about people having different body types. Obviously, some people are much stronger than others, things like that. How much do you guys read into that? Or is that more of just like a mental battle for the players? You know, what's the ultimate goal of that first week of camp? It it has shifted. So when I started, it was about getting your guys in shape. Like way, way back, with uh, Dean Blaze, it was about getting you guys in shape because there wasn't ice available. Yeah. So there, there were so many, so many um, running events between yeah. the the 10K, the 12 minute, the the mile, the uh, oh shoot, there was more than that. Sounds miserable. Those guys, those guys would remind me too. But there was so much running. There's a 40 yard dash, hamstrings pulling. I mean, there was all these different things to get you guys in shape. Um, but as it's progressed. And Coach Blaze has called me soft since I've changed it. Um, getting rid of all those. Oh, even the swimming. I mean, guys Bla- can't swim. Blazer was still doing that up until I mean, up until he was gone. I remember those Omaha guys when we were going to school. They were still running marathons out there. He's awesome. I love the man. He's he's uh, he's why I'm here. He's 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 pretty special. I, I miss him. I haven't seen him for a while anyway. So anyway, so it's progressed to where. Okay, let's not cause damage. Let's make sure you're healthy for for when the coaches get on the ice, which is which was normally a week before the season started, end of September. So then my goal became let's let's just make sure you guys are healthy for that. And now the coaches can get on earlier earlier. So now it's become more of an evaluation more so than get you in shape. Now you guys are coming in shape, much better shape than than ever before, to where um now it can be more of how do I prevent injuries throughout the year rather than I don't want to cause injuries because I'm getting them in shape. Yeah. So that's kind of how it's changed. And I, I did, I did kind of want to ask about that. Um, I don't know if you can answer, but you know, I was just wondering, cause I, you know, I've worked out with so many trainers, um, in my lifetime and, and everyone's got a different philosophy. You know, I've worked in, and I know you, you know, when we were at UND, we were doing, you know, just absolute hard lifts and we were bagged at the end of the day and as the strongest we've ever been. So, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, how, how hard can you push the guys and how do you determine, you know, how many lifts they can do and how hard you can push them in the weight room 
at a certain time before it's too much or too little? And, and then I wanted to ask, I don't know if you can answer, but was there a time where you, you know, you realized you were pushing them too hard and you're like, Oh shit, they're sore. And I, I pushed them a little too hard. I, I should, I gotta, I gotta scale back here and, and, you know, were, were there ever any of those points? Oh, I, I think so. I, I think, uh, in the last few years anyway, um, and again, developing philosophies, de- developing thoughts on, on, on how to handle that is not necessarily overworking you guys. It's not providing enough recovery time. Yeah. So that that's kind of, and, and it, it, it's kind of the same thing, but it's really not. It's kind of a, a different focus part of it. Not, not that you can't, can't work hard. It's just we might need to alter the next day or two because we went really hard, the, the, you know, today. Yeah. How about, I, I don't mean to butt in there, but how about, how do you tell, you know, ultimately, ultimately it comes down to is the play, you know, inside the player, are they working hard enough? Yeah. And, uh, you know, are they, are they actually yeah, doing the or, lifts? Or are you they know, just are they, going through it and how does Pooley get them to thank you. get there? Yeah. How do, how do you pull that out? I mean, ultimately it comes from within the player, but there, there have been guys you know, yep. whoever they might be that don't necessarily do the uh, pooly. My, my back's feeling a little sore this morning. I don't think <laughs> oh, I can. Oh, uh... I, I could name names along the way here. <laughs> <laughs> at the old rink hiding underneath my desk. So coach Chapman couldn't find them. Yeah. There's a couple of guys that did that. A uh, couple of guys, all of a sudden their backs got sore when it was time to run the mile. Uh, I was one of those guys. <laughs> I w- that wasn't even you. I was thinking no. of somebody else, yeah. actually. But, but yeah, well, you, you, it wasn't your back. No, yeah, it was yeah. my hip. Yeah. It was bad yeah. hips. Yeah. Um, but it, it's more uh, having the discussion, like, you know what? You have more. Having that honest discussion with the guys, trying to get more without actually being it doesn't have to be derogatory. It doesn't have yeah. to be anything negative. It's just, you need to do this so that you can do this. Yeah. And then you try to motivate them to a certain degree, but really I don't, I don't feel the need to motivate majority of all the guys that are there are there for a reason. They know why they're there. Yeah. But if they don't get it, I tend to say, you know what? And, and th- this is probably my downfall would be, or one of my downfalls would be sometimes it might be the detriment of the team that I'm not, driving somebody constantly to keep working hard but i yeah. really down down deep i feel you know what if you're not motivated at least sometimes to yeah. get to that level you there, know what you you kind of reap what you sow to a certain degree there's nothing you can do and and that was that was one of my favorite things about having you as a, as the a trainer and the and the guy in the wake in the weight room was um you know everyone all all the trainers they're really good at pointing out what's wrong and pushing you, you know, you're not working on a fork harder. Um, but everything in the weight room is about, you know, motivation and, and motivating guys. And I think, uh, what gets forgotten about is, is, you know, kind of complimenting guys. And that's what I, you know, out of all, all the trainers I had worked with, that's where I think you separated yourself was, you know, if I was ever doing a good job and if I was, you know, had a couple of good weeks where I worked hard, 100%. Um, I got a little subtle compliment from Pooley, like, hey, you've been looking good this these past two weeks. You know what? And, I, and that like, and you know what? Like just Pooley saying that it was like, 
I'm going to fucking keep going. Like I got to keep going. It's, it's been pretty obvious in my career that I'm not much of a gym rat, but you had a way of handling workouts and you know, the energy in the weight room itself, like guys were pushing each other and it's a, it's an awesome atmosphere. And I, I gave my all during those workouts, but I would agree if I, if I heard like a, Hey, Ols, Ols gave it today. Like oh, yeah. even just that, I mean, that, that, and I think a lot, for a guy I think a lot of trainers are missing that. They yeah. don't, they don't compliment or let you know when you're, it's always, you know, when you're doing something wrong or not working hard, they're letting you know, which is great. But sometimes when you are putting the work in and you're like, fuck, I've been giving her hard for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You want, hey, you want them to notice a little hey, bit. Was that a tank top day? Is that what that one was? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing, love, the, doing the curls after. I love that it. Been, that might have been one of the best things that, that we added in the summer, giving tank tops to you guys. Oh, yeah. For Fridays. Friday oh, tank top that day. That fueled but... us so much. <laughs> I, you, you know I was still wearing my undershirt underneath it because I wasn't showing that off pulley. You know better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> Yeah, so um Pooley, we did want to I, I wanted to ask just, you know, in terms of recovery and different, you know, therapy things, you know, what was there a certain year where you noticed th- the biggest change or you know, what has changed the most since like you were doing something completely backwards back in the day to where now you're like I can't believe I was doing that back in the day, but that's the research and the data we had but it just turned out to be wrong and, and now we're doing it this way. Oh, I don't, I don't know. You're always tweaking the I don't think there's been a major thing. I guess I've never done extreme like Olympic lifts. Um, Which is what I loved about your workouts. I don't think well, it's needed. In, yeah, in but, but again, that's philosophy. I yeah. mean, some guys are like, "Hey, this is what we do, and we and we're good at it, and our team is better because of it." And and there's there's negative and positives to each philosophy, whether it's Olympic training or if it's different type of stuff that you do. The the big thing for me is understanding the athlete, understanding how how to motivate them so they work hard, because those are the key things. Is for the athlete to work hard. You can tweak resistance you can tweak range of motion you can tweak if you're doing eccentric concentric isometric you can change all those things as much as you want but if the athlete's not buying into what you're doing and not going getting after it um i think that's more difficult so um i wish i would have you guys run more actually like like short sprints yeah Um, i think running is underrated and i think that's something even though a lot of you guys are real ugly runners oh yeah but the, big time <laughs> well because skating's again, so you, much different right i mean skating's you yeah know, pushing i mean the big thing is do no the big thing for me is do no harm yeah, yeah. okay i know that's kind of a weasel way out of it as far as who you're going to find out who who are they going to be the the men who, who but the focus of why you're going there is, is to be on the ice yeah and I, I really dislike when anything happens injury wise off the ice. Yeah. So yeah. much so to where I may change a workout because of it or to change a lift because of it. Because one guy years back, one of the guy was pushing a sled, his legs went out of control because he was going so hard. He almost fainted to a certain degree and he dislocated his shoulder. You know what? I'm not doing that lift anymore. To that to that degree, to yeah. that length. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, there, there's things like that, that, that come across you like, I can't believe that happened, but you know what? I understand how it happened and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, um, I've got a quick question about your genetics as a family, as a whole. Um, (laughs) first off a statement, how dare you? And second off, uh, (laughs) um, second off, um, what was the biggest thing? Obviously Tucker, NHL player Colton's right on the brink there. Mace going D one. Um, you know, were you hard on them in regards to the gym? Like what was your thought process with those guys coming up? Obviously you guys have great genes and that's why I make the joke about it. Pooley's the ultimate hockey dad. He's, he gets it. He's like, if they have it in them themselves, they'll get it. And that's what they've, that's the way to, and Pooley, I don't, you probably haven't listened to an episode, but we always talk about, I mean, we're always trying to talk about guys like Tucker and Colton, or mostly Tucker, who, you know, was small in high school and, and, you know, couldn't find an NHL team to play on. And, you know, if, if, if you're good enough, you're going to make it no matter what. And that's what Tuck did. And, um, it's just really cool to see that. So yeah, it, it was like, what, what did you do as a dad to get them to that level? Or did you just let them be who they are? Let them play. Just let them play. Work hard and have fun. That's all I ever told them before practice is work hard and have fun. I like that. Um, the, the one thing with Tucker, though, he had a hard time uh, getting any sleep sometimes. So he was the one kid that ended up doing a lot of things at night as far as trying to tire himself out. And he would do single leg lunges and push-ups, stuff like that. But <laughs> just for maybe a year or two to where, you know what, that that's what he did to help him get himself to sleep. Uh, really the only group that I actually started working out was actually your group gauge. And when you guys were like squirts, yeah. uh, got, that was Colton. Colton's group is a, is a 95, just like, just like you. Yeah. And, and, uh, why I think squirts was the first time I ever worked out kids to a certain degree. And, and, uh, you guys are doing single leg stuff, you know, on the tennis court and you guys yeah. are running the hill again as a group with you, with your team, you guys are having fun with it. It didn't seem like that difficult to things, but those were the things that, uh, that Colton did and your group was great gauge that 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 age group awesome. that whole that whole group worked so hard all the way up from squirt all the way up um but no they they came to the weight room when they wanted to i i mean i always told them hey it's open let me know when you want to come and and we'll get it done um i think the hard one was mason because he's he's quite a few years behind the two older boys um and all, all he knows is you know how well they did, and I think that's that's a bit of a burden that way. It is. It's, um, it's so a I, huge shadow. Yeah, I think that was tougher on him yeah. to really stand out and try to do things on his own. Um, so again, all three of them just work hard, have fun, whether it was baseball, football, whatever. But they they gravitated to hockey and loved hockey, and and so be it. For, from from a professional point of view and a parent's point of view, you know. Some people view things differently, working out kids early on in their life, um, you know, waiting till a certain point. Like there's obviously there might be an optimal time. I don't know what it is. Uh, Like I said, I wasn't a huge gym rat, but, um, you know, is there is there a specific time where kids should start worrying about their diet or, you know, lifting extra weights or doing things away from the For, for diet? I would say yes. Diet, yes. Diet's something that they should they should uh, work on. Yeah, they should be aware of and work on what they're doing diet wise. 
But working out, it depends on what you want to call workout. I mean, kids playing on the play- playground, jumping off of something and landing. Well, you know what? They just did a jump squat. Yeah. Climbing up the ladder. You're not there doing pull-ups. They're doing single leg lunges, going up a ladder. Um, all those different things, you know, they're going to get more athletic just to get outside and play and yeah. being with your buddies and playing. That's the start of it all. As far as getting actually in the gym and doing things, I, again, I don't think there's a bad age, but can you make it fun to where it's, is it a team thing and, and they're into it and they and they like being around the guys and they like the stuff they're doing? I mean, I'm not into maxing out, but I'm not into maxing out you guys either necessarily. Yeah. Um, and again, right or wrong, that's kind of my philosophy. But with, with uh, I don't know, teenage kids, once they start getting a bit more testosterone, then they can maybe put on a little bit of mass. But before that, it's going to be a little more strength, balance, yeah. coordination, and having fun. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's an opportune age necessarily to get into the gym. It really depends on what the gym is like for them. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And Pooley, I, I did want to ask just kind of off topic, but, and I know you're, you're as humble as they come and, and you won't talk anything up on yourself, but you are, you know, it's, it's well known within the college hockey world and in, in, even in the hockey world that you are, you know, kind of, at the at the pinnacle of you know athletic trainers and you know guys in the weight room <laughs> you you are and it's it's true and i talk to people and people know it and i and i tell people all the time you know like in terms of north dakota when you talk about north dakota and every every college has good coaches right and there's so many good coaches out there but i think what separates north dakota is really you being there and that aspect of, you know, you're not, you're not looked at as the trainer and the, you know, the guy in the weight room coaching us. So it, you're looked at as, is an authority and, in people want to garner your, your respect. And, and I mean, it was just, it's just true. Like I didn't, no one looked at you as that. And it, you were almost like the, the fourth coach on the team, but you've had opportunities from, I mean, I I don't know what it was, but I I know NHL teams have come calling and and wanted you to you know coach their their players and and teach their players how to work out and train their players and um, you're obviously still at North Dakota, so you know what was that like? I mean, turning those opportunities down and staying with North Dakota. I know North Dakota, you have that. I mean, if you think about jobs in college sports your job to me is, is one of the coolest there could be just, just having that control over the athletic training room and in the weight room and, and working those together in the diet and being with the university of North Dakota, it, it's tough to top that in the NHL, even, you know, no matter where you go, but how have you, you know, decided to stay with North Dakota and, and keep building your legacy there? <laughs> legacy. <laughs> See, thanks. Thanks for all that. Um, <laughs> Well, truthfully, I don't think there's a better job out there. Um, I don't either. Because because the support that I have, I hey, I, I'm not a smart man. I'm just a jack of all trades, master of none. I I have, I have the team doctors. I have PTs that that do all the rehab. I have students to help me out. I have an exercise physiologist, sports science guy. I I have. Um, sports nutritionist. I have 
the capability of having the uh, sports psychologist. I, I shouldn't say I, we, we the, the team have yeah. so many people to help out. I'm just kind of sitting back and letting smart people do what they do and just trying to learn from them all and then put it all into, into play for, for each guy. But yeah, I, again, I, I'm not, I'm not special in any manner other than the fact that I'm, I'm lucky to have the program director I have, the coaches that I've had and the support people around to take care of, of the guys. I mean, I, I really don't think I, I'm not great at what I do other than the fact that I, I know I have a lot of help that, that kind of orchestrate a lot of things. Well, North Dakota is lucky to have you. I know, like like Gage said, you you deflected there pretty good, but you you made a mark on a lot of people's lives. Um, I I had a great relationship with you. I was in that uh, room quite a bit with you. We had some great conversations, even the ones that I didn't want you to hear. Um, but but Pooley, you're you're a great man, and you've affected a lot of people, and you are good at what you do. Um, and I know, best. I know that North Dakota is very appreciative of you. Well, that goes both ways though. That goes both ways. It's, it, it, it's yeah. fun to see what, uh, what all you guys are doing once you leave. Um, it's just, it's entertaining to know, like this guy is doing this in finance. And I'm like, I really don't see myself giving that guy money. <laughs> yeah. I remember what he was 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, that's the best. Um, well, that brings me to the subject that I wanted to ask. And you've, you know, all of our listeners I know are dying to hear this out of you because they, they know who you are and they know what you've seen. So I wanted to ask, you know, who are – list off some names that, you know, that have wowed you in the weight room that you're just like, this guy is a goddamn animal. Um, Smitty Cole Smith has to be up there. Oh yeah, for sure. Great athlete. Yeah. Great athlete. You don't have to say Tucker, but he, he, yeah, he's t- definitely up there. Too. <laughs> I'm not going to say my boys. No. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, from from hockey academy days, um, Garrett Schmitz from Red Lake Falls was an unbelievable athlete. Oh yeah, he never played at UND, um, but he was one of the best athletes uh, that I remember during that time working with uh, younger kids or high school age kids. Um, Leah Jensen, yeah, uh, Leah was, yeah, she was going to play D one at at UND. Uh, she was great athlete, just superb in the weight room. Um, I'm I'm just trying to think back of other ones that I'm like, what a great athlete. Um, you know, I'm I'm drawing a blank of anybody else other other than just a handful of people right now uh, along the way. It has to be hard to pick. I mean, there's I know there's so many guys that come through North Dakota that are animals. You know, like I remember watching even even t- um. Gosh, Andrew Kozak walking around in a towel yeah. when I was working out there. Yeah. And I knew how many sticks he broke. And I saw him <laughs> I saw him walk. We were working out at Hockey Academy and he walked down the hallway and I looked over and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that guy is a bodybuilder. Yeah. Well, Matt Green. You're not gonna find anybody stronger. Uh, Matt Jones. Yeah, Matt um, Jones was just solid. Matt Jones uh, was dumbbell 
rowing 110 pounds and he'd he'd drop it at the top and catch it at the bottom i was like yeah. is this guy Psycho. a hockey player or is he a linebacker for the vikings i loved when uh, matt green came back uh when he was still playing with uh the kings and he'd come back for the summer and work out a little bit and uh, there's a group of guys in there working out and he came in there and and started uh he, he strapped the uh the kaiser strap around his around his bicep and tricep and basically was just doing elbows. elbows. (laughs) Pooley, how about, uh, I got to bring this guy up because he was, you know, I I had been there with Tucker and I had been there with Smitty and I had been there with Chiz, a physical person. (laughs) Chiz was just willed. But Derek Rodwell, I mean, that guy wasn't even, I mean, we'd finish the four by four on the ice. We'd finish the three hundreds. Yep. He'd be standing up, walking around like, I didn't think that was that bad. What'd you, what about you? And you're like puking on the ground. And you're like, fuck off, Roddy. Jesus. Well, well the, as, as a freshman, when he did the, the four by fours, which which is on the ice, blue or the goal line, four lengths of, of, of the of the sheet anyway. Yeah. You rest 45 seconds. You repeat that four times. And the old guys understand a pace. And he just all out. Oh, and everybody's kind of chuckling like oh, wait and wait until that hits him and it'll be you know second maybe third one and he just kept on rolling just kept on rolling yeah all four he just oh god did i hate that four by I, four i <laughs> still remember roddy coming up to me after a four by four and he goes i didn't think that was that bad and i was on my hands and knees and i'm like this fucking guy <laughs> Is he serious? Like, he's insane. He was beating oh, yeah, Rocco. I mean, he, he oh, he wasn't tired no matter what he did. He was a robot. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, no, no, yeah. This is different, different abilities. Jason Almer used to run like the wind, like nothing would slow him down. Like we used to run stairs at the old building, and he just constant, just it, like it was effortless. Yeah, it, yeah. Oh, I remember. So I, you, I, don't, I don't know. What's I remember that? you. I remember you mentioning uh, Chris Porter too. He was. Oh, Ports. Ports yeah. was a. He was a. He was. He was a beast. Yep. Uh, total athlete. Uh, I, I don't know if he was a great swimmer or not. I'm guessing he probably would be from Thunder Bay, but he uh, <laughs> in the in the gym. Yeah, he was. He was an animal. Nothing. Can, uh, there wasn't anything like like Smitty in in that way. Yeah. Can, Pooley, can you share the story about the? Uh, the the men's hockey team taking on the the women's swimming team in polo in the water. I sh- well, it, so that was one of the competitions we used to do back when Blazer was here. That's how it started. So because we used to, that was the fun day, yeah. uh, the team polo, uh, the the hockey team against the women's swim team. Yeah, those were they got progressively more and more more and more violent. <laughs> I just, I, I always laughed when I heard that story thinking of, you know, these hockey players swimming who most of the guys can't swim well, probably. And yeah. then the, you're battling a swimming team, but these hockey guys are competitive. So like, we, we can't lose. And then the girls are like, we're not losing to these guys who can't swim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it would get ugly. I mean, there were some, there were some, there were some blood between scratches <laughs> And I don't know elbows or not. I have no idea, but it, it was getting uglier and uglier. Um, I remember Phil Lamaru. Uh, it's not just a normal dunk. I mean, they they were they were the the, the women were uh, they were good at what they did. They understood, so they uh, they would dunk from behind from behind, push you down, 
get their feet on your shoulders and push you down farther. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a battle. You come up and some guys were coughing, and I'm like, you know, this, this is no this is no longer. We're gonna no, have some well, guys drowning. No <laughs> we I feel like we have to touch base on the spizo. Oh, we are, we wanted to, yeah, because we talked about the Spizo swamp when we jumped in the swamp. What were your thoughts when we jumped in that? Because that's, oh, <laughs> I remember like that swamp is the dirtiest place in North America almost. Yeah. And we're, yeah it's covered we're, with algae, covered yeah. with green sludge. <laughs> and then I don't know what's underneath it, but it can't be clean. It's, you know, all this stuff over the years has been thrown in it. Um, Yeah, that that one, I didn't know about that one. So we were talking about different things for you guys to, you know, learn leadership and learn how to direct and, and all these great things. But uh, the idea of one guy has to swim across the, the English coulee in fall, in the fall, <laughs> when it's not necessarily a good smelling area and tie a rope to a tree so that the rest of your team could, uh, could get across it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, couple guys got scratches in there and I was so, I'm like, oh, I don't know what's growing. I, I don't know <laughs> what kind of infection I'm going to be dealing with. <laughs> so, I mean, nothing ever turned negative out of it. But yeah, that, that one shocked me. Uh, I remember uh, one of Swanee's uh, workers, Andrew, <laughs> Spizo had had him, you you take this rope to the other side. And the kid is like, what do you mean? He, well, just swim across. He's like, what do you mean swim across? Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you ended up doing it, but there was yeah. there was crap in your guys' ears, oh, and yeah. I mean it was so disgusting. It was the most maybe mo- the most disgusting thing because yeah. even when we had the rope tied off on the other side, <laughs> the rope just was in the water. So like, yeah. we we weren't we weren't dodging the water at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that one. Uh, I I I love the idea of it, but the the execution wasn't exactly what I was uh, what I was thinking of as, for, as far as team building. So <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, well, I mean, Pooley, that kind of uh, that's all we wanted to ask you tonight. Thanks for staying on with us so long. That was uh, that was awesome just to hear your stories and and what you've been through. But we really appreciate having you on tonight. Yeah, and I, it was entertaining. It was it was uh, it was a good time. I didn't even get to tell a story about Trevor uh, being sick in our basement the whole uh, what is it a week long. Yeah, we we got a little time. I got uh, mononucleosis my freshman well, year. It was just a little sniffles that that Leanne had to take care of you for a week. No, remember, remember I had uh, I had hives all over my back. I, I I was scared to death. I was scared to death, and Leanne was my my second mother. They took it. Well, they you took were peeing red. Yeah. Something but like that was because all the freaking popsicles you ate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, that was a struggle. But yeah, we we stayed at your your guys' house for a week and a half, I think. My yeah, freshman year, we had to peel you off of that couch or off the <laughs> uh, off of the uh, recliner. Sounds and about you, right. You were stuck there. I didn't know that we went through ten gallons of milk that week either. Yeah, <laughs> I was a big milk drinker. I'm not anymore. I'm not. I found out I'm gluten free, or or I should be gluten free. Gluten or dairy? Gluten, gluten. gluten. Okay, yeah, but I, it's it's a little bit of dairy too, so I try and limit it. You know, a little cheese on something never hurt are the, nobody. Are the boys still getting chocolate milk served to them in the in the fridge in the locker room, or does that <laughs> yeah, change to straight muscle milk? No, no, we we uh, fair life get a little higher protein. Yeah, nice. so oh, yeah, there we go. Milk. Yeah, I still make shakes for the guys pre game and post game. Um, 
That that was yeah. that was kind of the new thing. We were just making those shakes right when you left. Yeah, I feel like I didn't yeah. need them. I didn't need the shakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the first time we started going with chocolate milk, we were at the uh, oh shoot, what's that? What's that tournament? Christmas time, uh, GLI in, yeah. in Michigan. Yeah, and Coach Hackstall, Coach Jackson, and Bird uh, Carrie Eads. And uh, we weren't doing so well. We lost the game and I was doing my, my motherly thing and filled up the, uh, the, the little Powerade cups with, with chocolate milk. And, and uh, the coaches had to voice their opinion of the, of, of the game. And, and uh, the, 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 nobody had any chocolate milk that night. It was all <laughs> over everybody in the walls. One of them snapped. One of them may have broken their foot on a tra- on a on a trunk. It was uh, the, the 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 fancy drinks. Yeah, that's what it was called that night. Was the fancy drinks, the chocolate milk. Yeah, that that was back when it was a fancy thing. I think. Yeah. What was the what was the big before we let you go? What was the biggest explosion you've ever seen from a coach? You don't have to name names if you don't want to, but what was the most pissed you've ever seen a coach? Oh. You know what? What's worse than them snapping is them not snapping and basically just work. Yeah. And you work and you work and you work. Uh, Pooley, get off the bench, coach. I can't get off the bench. Get off the bench. I said, I'm can't get off the bench. <laughs> and they just skate, skate, skate. That that probably was the was the uh, uncomfortable, most uncomfortable I've been as far as. <laughs> He's mad. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get yelling, throwing. I understand that. But when this is, it's a silent, like, like the, you see in the, uh, that's big, the miracle, just, blow, just blow the whistle, just blow the whistle and blow the whistle and blow the whistle. Oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, God. Yeah, it was entertaining. Awesome. Good stuff. All right, that's Pooley, awesome. we, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's, uh, it's been I, a pleasure. Uh, I'm sure it was fairly boring to most of your uh, listeners because, uh, Oh, they're going to love they're gonna love it. They're going to love it. They're going to love it. All right, fellas. Have a good night. Talk to you later. You as well. Sounds good. Thanks, Pooley. See ya.